I'm Kate Northrup. And I'm Mike Watts. And we're partners in life, love, and business. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living. Hi, welcome to the Kate and Mike Show. What's up? This is Kate. It's Mike. And or I should say, what's up? You're such a nerd. So Based off our last name. That was a, a friend of mine back in the day named Laura Sterling, who said I should have always bought the domain name Watts, W-A-T-T-S, up. So yeah, I never did. But now I'm finally, after it's been eight years since she told me that, I'm finally running with it. Took long enough. I started the Watts Up Book Club. It's pretty exciting. You're funny. Yeah. So we're reading for the month of October. I'll just tell them. I haven't told anybody, or I haven't told them. For the month of October, we're reading DeRay... DeRay's book. DeRay McKesson. D- DeRay McKesson. Oh, that's how you say his name. I think it is. Yeah. That's, that's what I was. Spelled, I think that's but... what I was saying. So it's called On the Other Side of Freedom, A Case for Hope. So if you just Google DeRay, you, you'll find him. He's and one of the hosts of Pod Save the People, which is a great podcast. I think, I think he uh, Is he the creator it. of it? Yeah. And then he has his other, his friends are there with him. Yeah, Pod Save the People. It's amazing. So we're reading DeRay's book for the month of October. And at the end of the month of October, we'll just all hop on a Zoom call and talk about it. This is Mike's book club. This is my, the WhatsApp book club. I love it. Yes. So. Um, so do you have a review, honey? Oh, I do. Yep. Okay. So we have one review new in the United States, which is awesome. And it's from Shari01 and my favorite biz pod. Fave. Oh, excuse me. Fave biz pod. I like how it's all abbreviated words. Y'all make my week every week. I leave so much from my ways. I think it's supposed to be. I learn so much from my ways you share about business in such an integrated way. Considering community, social justice, family, self-care, you all are badasses. Thank you for everything. Y'all. Thanks, y'all. <laughs> I'm going to just. Thanks, Sherry. Yeah. Or Sherry. Shari. Oh, Shari. C-H-A-R-R-I. Oh, so or if Shari. you want to hit me up on Instagram, MikeJWatts.com, or excuse me, that's my website. <laughs> M Mike you could also J. go there. Watts. Yeah, you can go there. Tell me that I read the podcast review and I'll put a little gift for you in the mail. And guess what, guys? I got some new goodies to go in the mail. I just ordered them. They should be here today for those of you listeners because it's going to be coming out in the next few episodes. You'll hear... I'm not going to tell you what the gifts are, but you'll hear where this inspires from. So for those of you that leave a review and those that in the past couple of weeks said you, I haven't sent you your gifts yet, so you, they'll be arriving. But um, yes. I don't so. even know what Mike's talking about, but now I'm curious what he ordered. Yeah. All right. So today we are talking copy. I am so excited. We're talking about writing. This is one of my favorite topics. I don't talk about it very often for the amount I actually write, but it is just a dream of mine to talk about writing. So I have always loved writing. I remember the first story I ever wrote. I wrote it in kindergarten and it was a story about a mouse who was a grocery checkout clerk. And it was about a mouse who worked at the grocery store. <laughs> I think we still have it, don't we? Checking people out. We, I, don't, I believe we have that one. We also have, in my school growing up, they did little book publishing. So they would take our books, type them up, and then as our stories, and then bind them using old wallpaper 
samples and this binding tape and we would get them published and then we got to illustrate them. And I had a whole series about Quacky Duck. There was Quacky Duck's Ghost School, Quacky Duck's Christmas, Quacky Duck's Hanukkah because Quacky Duck's is a, a multicultural duck. And there were, I wrote a lot of stories. So I've always loved to write. However, there is a difference between writing books about Quacky Duck or the mouse who checks people out at the grocery store and writing copy. Now, some of, there's a lot of overlaps. It's, it's words. It's words. You are communicating something. Oftentimes you are telling a story, but there's a way to do it for business to inspire people to take action. That's different than writing a novel per se, or writing a memoir, or certainly writing like an academic piece of writing. I have a degree in art history the history of art and architecture. So definitely the way I write copy for our business, um, whether it's a blog post, a sales email, a sales page, a script for a launch video, a social media update, those would all fall under the category of copy. It's different than the way I wrote my research papers for my degree, for example. And I've been hearing from a bunch of folks via social media on what you find the most challenging when it comes to writing copy. And I've heard, number one, procrastination is a big one. So like sitting down to focus and actually do it. So there's a lot of like, I will do everything other than write the copy. So there's a a bit of avoidance around it. Another piece is feeling like you can find your authentic voice. So one woman wrote in that she's been in academia for years and wants to go out on her own as a business owner, but feels like she's an amazing a a really great writer academically speaking but doesn't know what her actual real voice is and then another problem that I hear from people is feeling like oh god I, I don't mind writing but as soon as I start to write copy I start to feel like an infomercial and I lose who I am so there's a lot of avoidance there's a lot of fear around saying the right thing and how to say it to actually be yourself and then I also heard some struggles with organizing thoughts and just like being clear. So I'm going to talk about those things today and I am going to reveal my best writing secrets for you. And I don't think we've ever had an episode about writing and I'm so excited. You are very excited. I don't think we have either. No. So let I want to... How do you, you want me to ask questions or you just want to go or what, what's the, how do you want to handle Well, this? do you have any questions? Clearly I'm going to just listen a lot during this episode, but I can talk about, I think it's, Kate is a very prolific writer. Is that the correct word? Is that right? Well, prolific means that I produce a lot of words. Which you do. Which is true. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I, like how I will I, say see, that's... I'm so good at copy. I, I say things and then I ask the definitions of what those are. I would say that's actually, that's a good thing and a bad thing. And I'll talk about why yeah. later. But we did this. Uh, I remember this one day we were sitting around your mom's kitchen table. This was a few years ago. And it was something like the full moon. I don't know. Some ritual. We were doing some ritual. And... It was, what was the type of writing where you put music on? So this is actually one of my writing secrets Prose. revealed. So Oh, well, do you want me to, we won't talk about it then right now? I can, we oh, can okay. reveal the first secret now. Great. But before we, what's it called? Just say what it's it is. It's called proprioceptive writing. Okay. And I'm going to tell you about it in a minute. Right. So from Mike's perspective, we sat down at the table and we just wrote stuff. And then I was, I was like, it was myself, Paul, 
I think your sister was there, you were there, and your mom. I think it was like five or six of us. I just remember writing, your mother had like, this was like 15 minutes, right? And your mother had like seven pages done. I was. I she had also like, writes really big. Yeah, she does. And then I had, I had one page done, and I was like, wow, <laughs> so much writing. And then you had it like four or five, and there was so, and your sister was going, you know, doing her thing writing as well and i was like whoa this is way different ball game here i'm in a land of writers and so it's a whole different ball game and paul can write too but he he really likes to analyze everything as he writes so he had yeah so it's much different but that i remember that and i was like wow this is what writing really looks like from people that know how to write so anyway we'll go so i want to start with the first question is what so you mentioned copy a few times here for mm-hmm. people on the listening that have no idea what copy means. What does that mean? So copy, as I wrote in the blog that's coming out tomorrow about the same topic, but I'm going to be sharing different things in it. So if you're not on the list over at katenorthup.com, make sure you are. So you get the post tomorrow, which is three very specific ways and quick tips to improve your copywriting and get more results from it. But copy is where commerce and words meet. So basically copy is any piece of communication having to do with your business. So it's taglines, it's branding writing, it's your about page on your website, it's blogs, it's social media posts, it's the inside flap of a book or the, you know, the back cover of a book. It's video script, it's what you say in a Facebook Live. So it is basically the words you use to communicate with your audience about your business. Now, so it is words they use in a book. Well, here's the thing. I said it's the inside flap or the back cover okay, of a book. Got it. it could be a book. There is definitely some copy in my upcoming book, Do okay. Less, because there are times during the writing of the book when I'm wanting the reader to take a specific action. So to, for me, copy is really when you switch from just like journaling or telling a story or doing some sort of academic reporting in or journalism would be different, right? To switching gears. Now I am communicating with a reader or a listener and I want them to take a specific action. To me, that's copy. So that specific action could be clicking on a link. It could be entering an email. It could be buying your product. It could be filling out a survey. But to me, I mean, now specifically that's called direct response marketing. Mm -hmm. So this is like a whole other conversation, but essentially like I think of copy as something that has to do with communicating to somebody to take a specific action. Got it, okay. So I, I guess there's an element of persuasiveness in copy that's not just like me talking to my journal about what happened today. If I send you an email, is that considered copy? It could be. Okay. Are you wanting me to do something? Okay. No, no well, I'm not sending you an email right now. I'm talking to you. <laughs> no, I know that. Just in sharing this, example. In this example, yes. I mean, in this email, is this email telling me just like updating me on your day? Or is this email inspiring me to take a specific action? Okay, cool. Right? Yeah. I mean, I'm clear. That's the question. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, I know what. Obviously, copy there's is. a gray area here, and right. other people might disagree, but just, like, it, I think about copy as words having to do with your business. Got it. Okay. Yeah. 
written yes. or spoken. Got it. It's right. just like a, it's like a term in the world of advertising and marketing, I guess you could say that has been, I, I don't know where the word copy came from, but basically that's a term that relates to marketing and advertising. Except. And I just want to say your copy is 8 bazillion million times more important than your design. So there are more marketing grandfathers and I am going to say grandfathers. I, I don't know as many grandmothers in the marketing space who have the shittiest websites that you go to and you can't even believe that this is their website, but the copy is so good that they're making millions and millions of dollars because the copy is amazing and you don't care what the site looks mm. like. So um, I'm not going to give any examples because I just said the websites are shitty, but <laughs> I, well, they know that I, they do know that it's, I, oh, let me, let me take, take back <laughs> shitty and say simple simple yes right you're right you're it's right because like, the websites work so they're not shitty that's they're correct. they're simple and you can't even because in the world we've gotten into this very visual world with like instagram and the filters and and how easy it is to make a website now on squarespace and making everything look a certain way but if it looks pretty but the copy is not on point you will not make sales. Somebody mm -hmm. will go to your website and be like, oh, that's really pretty. But if they don't know what you're about, if they don't know what action you want them to take, if it's not clear, if it's vague, it doesn't matter how gorgeous your photographs are mm -hmm. or how well they're laid out. So that's copy true. trumps design every time. That is correct. Okay, so keep going. You do your, I, that's my question for the moment. Okay, um, so I'm gonna reveal copy secret number one. And this is actually a spiritual practice. So I had a great call with Mackenzie Mack and Mackenzie. Wait, is that the secret? Nope. Oh, you haven't said it yet. Okay. Haven't said it yet. Okay. This is, I'm doing the preamble now. Um, <laughs> I did a great call with Mackenzie Mack. And this episode, by the way, is sponsored by a webinar that's happening. I have to tell you this part because otherwise it's not going to make what I'm about to say relevant. It's sponsored by a free class, a free writing class that's coming up taught by our friend Marie Forleo called Five Writing Mistakes That Are Killing Your Sales. Five Writing Mistakes That Are Killing Your Sales and How to Fix Them. You can go to katenorthup.com forward slash copy to get your free spot in that class. It's happening October 10th. Okay. If you follow along with the trajectory of that, there is an opportunity to get the class I'm about to talk about with Mackenzie Mack. So that's all I'm saying. Okay. So Mackenzie, talk to me. They are a copywriter and an activist and preferred pronouns are they and them, which is why I'm using they and them. So they talked to me about how writing good copy is actually soul work. And I was like, that is incredibly powerful. And I will tell you, we're going to start with my first secret, which is that while my mother was pregnant with me. Okay. Well, how do I want to tell the story? See, this is not like great copy right now because I'm, I'm blah, 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 blah. One day, I was a sophomore in college. I was really depressed and I was struggling. I was having a really hard time. And I had the classic sophomore slump. So I was really having a hard time. I was actually on antidepressants. And I was reading a book called Writing the Mind Alive. And I was reading it on an airplane. I can't remember where I was going. And I'm reading the book. And, and wouldn't you know it, the foreword was written by my mother. 
So I'm reading the book and I'm reading this forward by my mom. And she says in the foreword that she had started this practice that the book was about proprioceptive writing while she was pregnant with me because she knew she wanted to write a book but she couldn't find her writer's voice. So while she was pregnant with me, she would do this proprioceptive writing practice, which essentially is putting on either Baroque music or Gregorian chants, lighting a candle, and then for 20 minutes, you actually set a timer, you essentially free write. But then there's this question, it's called the proprioceptive question. And proprioception is really the ability to understand where you are in space. So it's kind of, it's this self-awareness piece. So the proprioceptive question is, after you write something in this free write that is like, feels like there's more underneath it, you ask yourself, so let's say I was writing, doing, this is called doing a write. This is in proprioceptive writing. It's called doing a write. And I was writing and I was like, I'm feeling really, I feel like I'm drowning right now. So I might then ask the proprioceptive question, what do I mean by drowning? And then go deeper. So it's a way of peeling layers back from the onion and actually diving deeper behind your words so you can actually get to know yourself better and find out what the heck you're actually talking about. So when I was 12 years old, I somehow started listening to Baroque music. Having no, and I loved it. I bought all these broke, um, this is a form of classical music, and there's a lot of harpsichord in it. When you were 12? When I was 12. I bought all these, har- these, <laughs> these, Mike what, is learning what, a lot what about me. What grade is me. this? Uh, sixth, grade? sixth grade. So I was I went, listening to punk rock. I went to the music <clears throat> store, and I bought myself a bunch of Baroque CDs, and I loved listening to them. So cut to me, sophomore year of college, reading the foreword to this book, about my mom's experience doing proprioceptive writing, listening to Baroque music while I was in utero. And it all came full circle where I was like, well, that's why I listened to Baroque music for the first time and loved it and bought all these CDs when I was 12. Because in the womb, my mom was listening to Baroque music, finding her writer's voice because she knew she wanted to write a book, but she had been trained in academia and she had long since lost her writer's voice because in traditional education, not so much now, but certainly back in the day when my mom was coming up, it was all about stripping your words of your personality and writing academically so that it could be anyone. But the key to writing good copy is infusing yourself into the words in a way that will connect with your audience. So anyway, all that to say, I got out of my sophomore slump by waking up every morning at 6.30 a.m. before classes and sitting in the dark by candlelight doing proprioceptive writing every morning. I did it every morning for a semester. By the end of that semester, I was actually being social again and I had come out of my depression through proprioceptive writing. And I also believe that that helped me hone my writing voice just as it did my mom. So that was just permission. The proprioceptive writing practice is permission to write anything. So it trains you to silence the inner critic so that you can actually write what you have to say without constantly second guessing yourself. And I think the thing that holds so many people back from writing what they know to be true and from writing good copy is that they have the inner critic, which you know is the voice of their mother, their father, their 
you know, fourth grade teacher who told them they would never be able to write. It's the voices that tell us we're not enough and that our words aren't good enough. And so this proprioceptive writing practice, I really recommend it. I went and took a workshop with Tobin Simon and Linda Metcalf, who created the practice. I believe they still teach. So I would take a workshop with them if you can. So anyway, that's secret number one, proprioceptive writing. Can you, maybe I missed that, but I don't think, if somebody, they set Baroque music for Mm -hmm. 20 minutes. Mm Mm-hmm. Or classical or something, well, right? I it mean, could it be can like be, Zen it could or... be however much time, but back in the day, this was created in the 80s. And at that time, you know, we used cassette tapes. So it's one side of a cassette. Okay. So for 20 <laughs> minutes, you set a timer, you put on like chill music. Uh, that... Nope. It's not just chill music. It's Baroque music or Gregorian chants. Okay. Because the way that that music interacts with your brain allows you, I, I don't know the science of it, but it's something about those two types of music that allow you to pop into a different part of your brain that is more free flowing and less critical. And then you just write whatever's on your mind. It's a free write. Okay. So you just light the candle, you take a breath, and then you just write. And the idea is you don't pick the pen up until the timer goes off or until the music stops. So it could literally be starting out, I don't know what to write. This is so weird. The bit of, you know, like it's just your whatever. And then what you, you said, there's a question. The proprioceptive question. What is that? What do I mean by blank? So I gave the example, if I had written in a write, I feel like I'm drowning. I would feel like, oh, drown. That's it. Why? Why to say that? So then, what do I mean by drowning? Well, I mean I'm overwhelmed okay. by life. I mean I feel like I can't breathe. I feel, you know. So then you're diving deeper below your own words. Got it. Okay. And then at the end of the write, there are three questions. I can't remember exactly what they are, but if you get the book "Writing the Mind Alive" or you Google proprioceptive writing, I'm sure you'll find them. But it's basically one of them is what story am I telling here? So you go back and you reread your write. And you figure out what what exactly what story you're telling and then also one of the questions is how do i feel now so it's just it's like a self-reflective practice that is very powerful for getting you writing because the best way like anything the best way to become a better writer is to write Mm -hmm. cool okay and it's nice because this is your rights from proprioceptive writing are not meant to be read by anybody so it's not like you don't share it. it you're, yeah. these, these are not becoming blogs. Like they're right. just whatever. I have I have lots of them. I, I think I saved all of them from that sophomore year. It's probably time to have a little burning ceremony. Okay. What's secret number two? Okay. Secret number two. How many secrets are there? Well, there are as many as we have time for. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. Secret number two is really how to, a couple of strategies for getting through writer's block. So I do actually believe that that some sort of free writing practice. Also, you could do morning pages like Julia Cameron talks about in The Artist's Way. You know, that's a beautiful is just to fill. I think it's to fill three pages with whatever random thoughts you have. Just like a writing practice. And you can start with like half a page, right? Yeah. Her practice is three pages. Right. But But even if like if you're brand new. Like for me, that if somebody is listening to like three pages is really overwhelming, just start with like half a page. Yeah. Start where you are. Yeah. Absolutely. To get over, I would say like avoidance and writer's block kind of fall in the same category. I really like to, when I'm feeling that way, like let's say I have a sales email to write or a sales page. A sales page in particular always feels really overwhelming to me. It's like, oh my God, where do I start? 
And I really love Dean Jackson's naked sales letter framework for starting because, and this could be for any piece of writing. His is specifically for a sales page, but I'll kind of walk you through it. It's essentially cutting down to the bare bones. So it's essentially saying, here's what I have for you. Here's what you're going to get out of it. And here's what I want you to do. And it, you can, like, that's what copy is. <laughs> it is saying, you know, this is what I've got. Here's how it's going to help you. Here's what you need to do next. And so when you're having writer's block, it's a really good idea to ask yourself the following questions. Number one, what action is it that I want somebody to take from listening to this or reading this? Because if you get clear ahead of time on the intention, on what the action is that you want somebody to take, and it could be that your intention is you want them to be inspired. It could be that your intention is you want them to be educated. It could be that your, your intention is you want them to buy this thing or enter their name and email address. I don't know what the intention is, but you have to have a, a clear intention. So rather than just sitting looking at the blank page, like what the heck should I say? Having your intention clear is really important. So like, let's say I'm writing this uh, sales page for Origin, our membership. I would say, well, what's my intention here? Well, my intention is for this woman to join Origin. Great. So then... I would go through and be really bare bones. See, I love to give myself permission to write a shitty first draft. This is from Anne Lamott. I really recommend her book, Bird by Bird, if you want to be a better writer. She's one of my favorite writers of all time. I also read her book, (laughs) Operating Instructions, which is a memoir about her son's first year when I was 12, and adored this book, even though I obviously was not a mother. I just, my love affair with Anne Lamott has been going on for 24 years almost <laughs> no i yeah, can't do the math correct. on that you're almost 36 so you're 35 and you were 12 right so is that 24 yeah years. yeah yeah and lamont if you are listening to this i just want you to know i have loved you for a long time <laughs> have you guys ever met no oh. i would love to meet her though that would be a dream come true anyway so I don't know. I'm thinking about Anne Lamott. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Oh, the shitty first draft. So she talks about the shitty first draft. The key to getting through writer's block and getting through avoidance, the reason we don't sit down and actually put anything on the blank paper is because of the pressure we're putting on ourselves for it to be good. If you take the pressure off that it needs to be good, then you just write whatever. And writing whatever is closer to your final product than writing nothing because you're afraid it's not perfect. So that's why I love the shitty first draft. And that's why I love the naked sales letter concept from Dean Jackson. And that's why I love getting things just to bare bones and saying like, okay, I have this membership. It's online. It's for female entrepreneurs to get better at managing their time so they don't sacrifice their well-being and the well-being of the people that they love. It's monthly. You get you know, a how-to lesson to help you run your business. You get a Maven Masterclass to help inspire you from somebody who's out there doing this. You get a Q&A with me and you get some bonuses. 
And some benefits you can expect would be that you'll get better at managing your time and energy, that you'll find more space in your day, that you can actually lie down and have a 20 minute nap in the middle of the day without feeling guilty, that you can schedule lunch with your girlfriends on a regular basis because you're not constantly feeling like work is piling up. And if you miss an hour of work, you'll get way behind. Like these are some of the benefits. And all you need to do is click this button and enter your credit card information and you'll get a welcome email to join the membership. So like that's what I might write for the first draft of the sales page. Is that what I'm gonna publish? No, but it's pretty like, the stuff is there. <laughs> and yep. so that's, and then you would wanna maybe throw in like, okay, what are some questions people would have? What are some objections people would have? So that's, I guess, permission to have a shitty first draft is really the way I get around avoidance, is just knowing that something on paper is closer than nothing on paper you know what's interesting that just came to me based off that is that when i think back to my i don't really have a writing career but um my writing journey you've written i I put yeah 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 but i believe for myself you talking about you give yourself permission to have a shitty first draft i don't give myself permission to have a shitty first draft because i have a lot of trauma from english classes about the ABA, what was it? The ABA or whatever stupid structure that you have to follow instead of just, because now I'm like an adult and like nobody cares, like nobody has ever emailed me in and say, Mike, your uh, email does not follow the ABA format that we learned in college. So I'm not going to read this. And we also have an editor. Right. No, no, no. But not even that. (laughs) But just like, I think there was so much structure for me. Like when I think back to English class, et cetera, when we would write a lot, also, I was better at math and science anyway. So that, but I just remember a lot of, there was so much structure into it instead of just free writing aspect. And I think the free writing is what, squashing the free writing is what squashed my mindset or my desire to even write. Yeah. Or just saying I'm not good at that. You know, and so I think now I'm giving myself the permission to have a shitty first draft, even if it's, I write it and then I reread it myself. I remember I can write something and read it myself and be like, oh, I need to fix this, this, and this. Because hardly I ever publish something or write something once that needs, there needs to be words cleared up in there based off Mike's speak. But it, it now we have an editor, but even giving, I was self-conscious to even give Julia my blog post or something. So I would just avoid writing them completely because I was afraid of the red pen feedback. You know, and so now it's yeah it's really cool because you're give you're like this is already going to happen i have permission to do this like i'm giving myself this leeway and i think what's what has stopped me from it has been this even giving allowing myself to even have a crappy first draft yeah yeah well and i think that if you even want to take it a step further your first draft will be even less crappy the more simple you make it right so the more clear we are on our intention and who we're talking to the better our crappy first draft is going to be right because what i just said there while it's not a finished sales page it's not that bad no it's not it's really good i mean it gets the point across Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's not you know it's not it's nothing fancy but i think that you know especially if you are a total book nerd like me 
like I can want my writing to be just like amazing. You know, I want to write like Cheryl Strayed. I want to write like Audre Lorde. I want to write like Glennon Doyle or Toni Morrison or I don't know. I mean, just like there are specifically women. I mean, I'm just going to be honest. Like I just, Mm -hmm. I idolize these women writers and I just love the way they use words. And it's like, oh my God, if I could just write like that. But the truth is I write like me. And so that's the other thing is, is allowing ourselves to get the point across. And then if a stroke of insight comes as we are writing, let that be a beautiful moment. But especially when it comes to writing copy, flowery is not going to do you any favors. So like adding adjectives is probably not going to be helpful. You know, like, like more words is not better. In fact, it's totally the opposite. So this was another piece that I wanted to bring up. And one of my writing secrets revealed is that I do tend to use way too many words. You can tell by the way I talk, you know, copy ideally is written down the way you talk. And the problem with that is for me is I'm an outward processor. So I use more words than necessary to get my point across. And so my growth edge in my copy is to use word economy. And I learned about word economy from Laura Belgray. You can go back and listen to our class. Our, it was not a class. It was a podcast with Laura Belgray. She was on the podcast a while ago. She's talking shrimp NYC on Instagram. Hysterical. And Laura taught me about word economy. And she said, if you look at a sentence that you've written, think about how many words you can take out of it while still getting the same message across. Hmm. And it's something I'm practicing. I wouldn't say this is an area that I'm actually good at, but the more I get good at it, the more impactful and compelling my writing becomes. Now that's not necessarily if I'm telling a story about my life, it's more in terms of if I'm, you know, a call to action or wanting or describing a product, you know, more words are not necessarily better. So prolific is not necessarily a good thing is basically what I'm saying. So that was another writing secret. The next one I want to share with you. Can I go on to the next one? Yep. I believe this is number four. It is number four. Yeah. I'm just, I'm writing them down because I want to review them at the end is prayer. So back to really, I think a lot of what we're talking about today is letting go is letting go of perfectionism, is letting go of um, needing something to be amazing. Like oftentimes to get the point across and get somebody to take an action, it just needs to be clear. It doesn't need to be like worthy of the Pulitzer Prize. In fact, many pieces of writing worthy of the Pulitzer Prize may not be the best copy, right? Mm -hmm. So... You know, and there are people who I know who are brilliant, brilliant, brilliant writers who are not necessarily good copywriters. So just so you know, one in this, they are not one in the same. They can be one in the same. But I also know people who like, I wouldn't say are like the most brilliant writers in the world who are incredible at writing copy. So just so you know, if you haven't identified as a great writer in your life, it does not mean you cannot write solid copy. Mm -hmm. And that's really clear. So the other thing is prayer, and this has to do with really letting go. So when I sit down to write a sales page, to write a blog, to write certainly a chapter in a book, to write anything, maybe not, you know, I don't always do that. I don't do this for social media posts always or like customer service emails, things like that. But like when it's got a little more heft to it, 
I light a candle and I say a prayer. And my prayer is, may I write what needs to be said. And that's it. And so then it's also a way that I create a sacred container around my writing. And then I also am stepping into the role of conduit as opposed to the role of creator. So when I have said, may I write what needs to be said, I'm more in a place of trusting the words that are coming through me as opposed to being critical of the words that are coming through me. And so that is huge for me because it's what allows me to let things flow and just say things as opposed to before I even type it wondering like, ooh, is this even right? Because if I'm in the sacred container of may I write what needs to be said, I'm trusting that it needs to be said if it's coming through. So prayer is a big part of my writing practice, both for copy and any other writing that I'm doing. Yeah. Is that it? I mean, there's so much more I could say. And I do, I will say there are three specific tips and tools that you can use to make your writing better that are coming in the blog tomorrow. So make sure you're on our list over at katenorthup.com so that you get that blog because that's going to be a continuation of this conversation. Oh, great. So that was uh, very helpful. I'm glad. Thank you for your... Those are my writing secrets revealed. So here they are one more time. Number one, proprioceptive writing, which is a practice about quieting your inner voice and really finding your true voice. Quieting your inner critic and finding your inner voice is what I should have said. You do not want to quiet your inner voice. You want to amp, amp that up. Number two, giving yourself permission to just get something down and have a crappy first draft. Number three, using word economy. So saying what you want to say in as few words as still get the meaning across and get the impact across. And then prayer. So that's what I got for you. Should we say anything else or is this the end of the podcast? I don't know. (laughs) Okay. Do you have any other questions? I Um, mean, I could talk about, I could do an entire course on writing, but like, I feel like that's enough for people to get going. No, I believe that's a good place to start. Yeah. Because I feel, you know, there's probably somebody listening, at least one of you, that wants to write more and you're not. Uh, yeah. I said at least one because there's probably a lot more than one. But uh, yeah, it's the to, to do it. And I think these are very quick and simple steps mm. to start that process. Back to the shitty first draft and just like getting something down. I do want to say on that, when you're writing, write to one person and have that person in mind. So if I don't know who to write to, I just write to my friend, Ellen. <laughs> so Ellen, I don't know if you know Hi, this. Ellen. I, if you're listening, which I know you often are, I write my copy to you because I learned from Laura Belgray once again to use the friend filter. So if I wouldn't write the, if I wouldn't, I, like I don't wanna sound weird basically in my writing. So I know if I wouldn't say it to you in an email, I shouldn't write it because it's not me like and it's being weird and infomercially and like a bizarro person so sometimes I have another customer in mind but if I don't I write to you Ellen <laughs> so hey Kate what do you think about uh having Ellen on the podcast we should day? totally have Ellen on the podcast Ellen, if you would like to be on the podcast next time you come to Maine just send me a text yeah we we will we'll have a we can have a Kate and Ellen catch she could sing Oh, she could sing. She could talk about all sorts of things. I know what that I would, would ask be her. really fun to have my would be. my like oldest best friend. Not that she's the oldest best friend, but like <clears throat> my longest term best friend. Come on the podcast, that'd be fun. That'd be cool. Um. So anyway, that that was just another piece. Is like in that crappy first draft, 
And always write to one person because it is one person sitting alone with their phone or their computer or a book reading your words. It is not a group of people. So saying like, hi, guys, and thinking about I'm talking to, you know, hundreds of people right now or 10 people is not going to have your words land like writing to Ellen. It's true. Because if we think we're going to try to change the world and we're writing to everyone, our message will be get really mixed. Yes. Like as, it would just, we probably as, won't be able to get anything done. As Mama Marie says, if you're talking to everybody, you're talking to nobody. And it's true. Is that Marie's accent? Well, she does this weird Jersey girl accent, which I obviously cannot recreate. And so that was my pathetic attempt. That was good. Should also, I, should I try? The good news about writing copy is you don't have to do accents. Yeah, you don't have to. Talk if you to want accents, you got to ask my sister, Anne Mahler. She is incredible at accents. Or so. Trevor Noah, if you have. Well, to also know Trevor Noah is really <laughs> He's good at amazing. accents. He's amazing. And also Julia, actually, our oh, editor, yes. Julia Nichols, is incredible yep. at accents. We just gave her a shout out on an Instagram story today about the paper doll in our bathroom. Oh, she's also an incredible yeah. artist and a great editor. And she's just like a beautiful Uber person. Talented. So thank you, Julia. All right. So that's what we got for you. Is there, would you like to say anything about the webinar? I would. Because <laughs> you talked about the beginning, so. Well, it's also going to be the outro of this podcast. So I think we'll just let that go. Okay. But in a second you're going to hear the outro of the podcast which is going to be about the webinar (laughs) okay great (laughs) happy writing bye do you want to make more sales and have a much bigger impact with your writing my friend marie forleo is teaching a free writing class called five writing mistakes that are killing your sales and how to fix them and you can register for free over at katenorthrop.com forward slash copy Again, that's katenorthup.com forward slash copy.